welcome to our Deeper Secrets Revealed podcast with Sarah Finlay. Have you ever had a question for the opposite sex in which you seek to be answered authentically? On this podcast, that is exactly what we do. I discuss intimate topics with guests as they share their point of view about dating, sex and relationships. We are raw and authentic to reveal the essence of how the opposite sex feels about today's topic we are exploring. If you have a question, please feel free to write to us and ask. It just might inspire our next episode and get answered. Thanks for joining me today. Now let's dive in deep to today's topic. Welcome to our Deepest Secrets Revealed podcast. I'm Sarah Finlay and thank you so much for listening. In America, almost one-third of working women are out-earning their husbands. They're going to college at higher rates than men and they're blowing their male counterparts away in CEO and leadership positions nationwide. But many of us are starving for genuine intimacy. That's why in today's episode, we will be discussing how to have a rocking career and a profound intimate relationship. And today, I've invited London Angel Winters to share her perspective After reading her book, which is absolutely amazing, I just finished it. It's called The Awakened Woman's Guide to Everlasting Love. So London with her partner, Justin Patrick Pierce, are authors of the book, The Awakened Woman's Guide to Everlasting Love, acclaimed sacred intimacy coaches and leaders of transformative high-end retreats, including their signature training, Yoga of Intimacy. London and Justin have been studying and practicing spiritual intimacy for nearly a decade under the tuliage of world-renowned teachers. They educate men and women on spiritual and intimate development through a unique hands-on approach where practicality through embodiment is prioritized over theory. So they're really great if you're in a relationship and maybe you want to work on a few things together. There's helped many, many couples. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Happy to be here. I'm so happy to have you here. I, I really did love your book and I'm, I highly recommend it to everyone out there. I think it could be good for guys as well as women, but women, pick the book up and in the show notes, um, you'll see where you can grab it on Amazon. But you wrote this book with your partner. So could you add so he could provide the male perspective and women, you know, just combine it all together. And I love that you're saying that women can have a powerful career and an incredible relationship full of intimacy. How was this experience writing a book with your partner? And tell us about the book as well. You know, it's really important that I wrote it with my partner because sometimes in gender work, right, women are the love-driven beings usually. Men are purpose-driven on the most part. And so women have all these ideas of how love could be better and all these things they want to do. And you can kind of see them like dragging their partner along, like and their partner's kind of like kicking and screaming the whole way. And I really wanted women to hear Justin's point of view on all of the points. Because what you find out when you read the book is that Justin is thriving in this dynamic as much as me. Like he is really happy to be there. He's really fulfilled in what's going on. And that you get that from his parts. And that's why it was so important I didn't write this book by myself. Because what I'm saying are some pretty profound concepts, like men can find you super hot when you're being sort of boss bitch, you know, if you do it, (laughs) if you do it a certain way, it can be way sexy. And then you get to hear Justin with this totally raw, honest take on what it's like when I go in that mode, if I do it a certain way, and then what it's like if I do it another way, and he just wants to 
flee because he just got his balls cut off, you know? Yeah. So I think it's really important because um, whether you're single or in relationship, modern women are dealing with a whole new set of rules around relationship that we didn't learn from our parents. We've stepped into our power. We've stepped into our opinions. We've stepped into our own direction. Where does a man fit into that equation if we also want super hot, passionate, romantic love? Yeah, it's been great. And that's what I've loved also is Justin's perspective on it and the raw. And I found it interesting even in the book when you've learned that it's okay to feel emotional (laughs) and share that with him and be vulnerable, which is something that I've always personally found difficult and that actually empowers him and his perspective on it as well, but also how he's able to be there for you and what he's learned as well, which is why I think this is also great for men to read the book too, because he comes from it from a very masculine way that I'm sure men can relate to as well. Yeah, a lot of men, I I find men loving the book as much as women and men love it because they finally understand what the hell is going on. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. (laughs) Need to help our men out there. (laughs) Yeah. So boardroom versus bedroom, why are different approaches required for success in each area of your life? So this is a, an interesting topic. So this leads us to, you know, women are gaining in power and influence. Like you said, they're usually making more money. They're better educated. They're getting uh, higher positions. It's only increasing. Uh, the numbers in the younger years, you should see the statistics. Like it's a whole new ballgame where women are really taking the lead in society. So you have a lot of women who are highly self-sufficient, who are amazing at giving direction. They are as trustable as it gets. Like, you want something done well, give it to her. She's going to deliver times 10, you know? Mm-hmm. You and I were talking before the podcast, like, just about this one person we know in common. She's such a kick-ass babe. Yeah. You know, it's like you would trust her to do anything. Well, that's common everywhere. And that's what I'm talking about with the boardroom. So yeah. women are bringing all of these skills to the boardroom. And if you look at what those qualities that make us amazing in the boardroom are, they are alpha. They're the masculine principle. Mm. And what's so beautiful about today is just because we have a vagina doesn't mean we can't like kick major ass in the masculine principle, right? Yes. Go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we're manifesting like crazy. It's so beautiful to embrace our freedom to create the life we want and to feel ourselves on a mission and doing Whatever work means something to us to have purpose. The problem is that is the alpha. I call it alpha because it doesn't have any judgment on it. You know, like alpha sounds great, you know? So when you're in your alpha mode, that is incredible for creating trust, running the show and getting things done. Mm -hmm. But if you are looking for an alpha man, like the kind of man who would go get over here and like kind of press you against the wall and then make you forget your name you know (laughs) he's in alpha so if you're in alpha and he's in alpha it's like a tango where two people are trying to lead the dance yeah so what i'm teaching women how to do is also remember as they embrace their alpha that they still have that amazing pleasure-driven juicy ridiculous wild omega And what you learn how to do is something I called energetic agility. So you go to work all day, you have no bones about it, just go hardcore alpha, enjoy every second of that. 
And then as you're driving home, maybe switch the gear a little bit into your omega, which is going to be the one that craves to be loved, that wants a super hot date, that wants somebody else to run the show for a second, and that would love nothing more than a blow the doors off the house amazing romantic night where she just totally relaxes and everything gets put back together. Yes, complete surrender. (laughs) Complete surrender, right? And that's going to require you to bring your omega energy or one of two things will happen. If you stay in alpha, you're going to either compete with him and it'll be like a giant butting of the heads with no polarity, no sexual charge. Have you ever been on a date and just kind of felt like, you guys are having a business meeting, you know, yes. you know, yeah, like <laughs> talking about great ideas and it's all really interesting, but nobody wants to fool around, you know? Yeah. So that's what it looks like when you're both in alpha or the other thing it looks like, which is rampant right now is your alpha will be stronger than his and you'll polarize him into omega And then you suddenly feel like you run the show all day long and then you run the show all night long. You're the breadwinner. You're the one that has your shit together. And then he's like at home playing video games. Mm, I've definitely been in that position. (laughs) Likewise. That's (laughs) not fun. (laughs) No, it's not. (laughs) So that comes from almost like the the best way to say it is out alpha-ing him. Yeah. He'll give up. And that's when we emasculate the male and then, you know, it eventually crumbles away one way or another. Yeah. Or he'll just, uh, men, like still men essentially have that deep down masculine essence where they kind of prefer to do nothing over something. Okay. Whereas women in general would never be there. Like we're always like, you know, overflowing with creative ideas, right? Yeah. Yeah. Men tend to love nothingness because that represents the void, right? What monks have been seeking their whole lives. So when you have it all handled, uh, you'll read this in the book. Justin will say this. Like when she has it all handled, he goes, oh, it's handled. Nothing else I need to do here. Interesting. Yeah. So like (laughs) he's actually just going, it's, I mean, no woman would ever think like this. You know, a woman would be like, wow, she seems to be working way too hard. Let me jump in there and help yes. with the dishes. <laughs> but men are like, oh, she's got this handled. Cool. I'm going to go find something else to do, which is like nothing. <laughs> and then we get frustrated and then an argument and then, happens. Yeah, and then we're like, <laughs> the energetic balance of this, this relationship is so off, you know? What's your um, advice to the women that may be more prone to be in the alpha mode over the omega mode and how do they like switch into the omega mode as well? I have, I have this one saying that you should never get so far away from your omega that it would take an entire weekend women's retreat for you to find it again. <laughs> <laughs> if you get so tight and so directional and so up in your head that you haven't felt your yoni in like a year, you know, you essentially can't really expect a man. I, I think we need to explain the yoni and the heart because you talk about this throughout the book that we need to stay in touch <laughs> with our heart and our yoni. So I like, I, I've got a new word for the yoni actually. I call it the portal, the goddess portal. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, and all <laughs> the goddess juices are. <laughs> yeah. Um, the vagina <laughs> basically is what we're talking about. <laughs> But I like our names better. <laughs> I like our names way better. 
<laughs> this almost like a gyne- gynecological appointment. <laughs> So, um, yeah, that's what London's talking about when she's talking about your yoni. She's literally talking about that spot and hopefully it hasn't dried up. Yeah. Yep. And if it has, you don't go looking for your man to turn it back on. Okay. I think I think you turn it back on yourself. You know, you start doing solo work. Like, yep. what do I, you know, it's such a revolution for women to just think like, what turns me on? Mm. What actually turns me on? you know, and give up all shame and judgment. Spend 10 minutes a day just literally thinking about what would really turn you on genuinely. And then also spending some time in relaxation because the enemy of pleasure is tension. Straight up. That's all you need to know is that you get all tight and tense. You're not going to feel pleasure because pleasure is flowing energy through the tissues and tension blocks the flow. So a lot of the solo practice is literally just spent in relaxation. If that's a nap, that's fine. Yep. If that's kind of like putting on your iPod and making food while you, you know, rock your hips around, that's great. Like if it's working in the garden, that's great. I mean, people always come to me and they're like, all right, what are all the secret divine feminine practices? Like I need to know what sadhana should I be doing? And Sometimes that's really helpful because when you get super advanced, you start working in the subtle energy levels at very advanced levels. But Mm -hmm. sometimes it's like, I don't know, go work in the garden for an hour. Does that make you happy? And we can wake ourselves back up by just relaxing and enjoying ourselves. I definitely can vouch for this because I've been single before this new relationship for like three years and I definitely focused on that this year. Without reading your book, it was just this natural thing that I did and really rediscovering myself in that. And that's definitely helped. So I 100% see how valuable that is. And any women out there, definitely start that today or tomorrow, maybe. Don't lead it a week. Like you'll, you'll feel much better for it. <laughs> like, what are some of the things you found that, that really did it for you? Sometimes it's so surprising, right? Like simple stuff. Yeah. So, my job, I'm a publicist by day. So, my job, I'm always talking to people and I've got to be extroverted and getting stuff done. Boom, 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 boom. Like, I can be on the phone even for five or seven hours in a day talking, talking. So, what I've found is I need a lot of time by myself then because that's how I recharge. And time by myself, I always love to have music. I've started painting again, reading, mm. reading books like your books. And then I start to think about things, dance. I like to dance as well, just by myself in the lounge room or whatnot. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it's just things like that. And then self-pleasure as well. So that like just opens, opens it up and it opens the energy up. And I'm focusing on the energy and the feminine energy in that space as well and I can feel it and it's it's been incredible and it's just been a new thing that I've really done this year. And do you think that that helped call in this relationship that you're in? Yes. Yes, that's the trick. That's what yes. every woman needs and to that, remember. And that is what I've focused on. So I feel like a lot of women, if we've been single for what, you know, when a husband, I want this, I want that, and they're focusing on that. But I was like, no, just focus on getting my energy up. Just focus on my energy up and it will be a magnet for the right person to come in and I've got to get myself ready. Yes, exactly. I have an analogy for this. A lot of us, you know, we're, we are just in our essence like a full blooming garden, right? Mm-hmm. But then that shine, that radiance attracts a lot of things towards it, some of them not so conscious. So we get a couple of plants trampled. 
And then we go, oh, dirt plot. I'm going to pull this all back in. I'm going to hide my radiance. I'm going to focus on my work because, you know, I can, I'm sort of like the master of my work. I'm not going to do all that scary stuff anymore. And we become a dirt plot. And then we expect that some man's going to notice that we have these amazing seeds under the ground and want to bloom them. But men can't see you when you're a dirt plot. Yeah. They literally can't see you. So what I, I'm constantly saying to women is you got to bring your full blooming garden back so that you're fragrant and you're glowing and all your colors are there. But then you put a really great fence in front of it. So only the most <laughs> conscious of men get to visit the garden. You know, oh, the I ones, love it. <laughs> I know the ones that won't trample the flowers. Yeah. And when women learn the fence, they suddenly feel the courage to have the garden be there again. I love it. That's great. It's so good. Yeah, yeah. It's so good. And that's really what you just described was like, yeah. you came back into your full garden and then somebody sniffed over there and went, I need that in my life. Yeah. So it's been magical. So I, I recommend anyone that's maybe stuck or anything at the moment, grab this book. It will definitely help you as a tool and start doing that and just see what unfolds over the next few months for yourself. And I'm sure it'll be a little bit of magic. <laughs> um, how do men and women repel love when they wish that they could attract it? So often people really, really want love and they're saying, I really, really want it, I'm ready and I'm doing it, but they're actually repelling it and they're not even aware. How's this happening and, what, and what's going on? It happens in so many ways. This is a big theme in the book because a lot of us, you know, I talk in the book about the Super Bowl moment, right, where you ha- you finally have a really present alpha man in front of you, giving you all of his attention, adoring you, cherishing you. And you're, you sit there and you're like, Oh, like you can't even (laughs) receive it. (laughs) It's a lot like when you go on vacation, like you land in Thailand, you're on PP beach and you sit down and you can't even take it in because your brain is still like circling with work and emails. And, you know, you just feel the debris on top of you from modern life. Yeah, And that that happens in relationship all the time, whether it's a date or uh, a full-on relationship. And so that's how you repel love is by not receiving it when it comes. And women often are so jacked on caffeine or so numbed out on other things that just dumb the feelings down that when a man that, you know, like an amazing man, say, touches your arm in a very attentive way, He's looking to see ripples of pleasure move through your arm. That's how he knows, like, this mm. is his woman, right? He wants to be received. Yeah. But if you're, if you're so guarded, so numb, so jacked up, so distracted, so hardened by your hurts, that he puts a finger on that arm and nothing happens, that's how you repel love. He literally goes, uh, stalled car. I don't want to push a stalled car up a hill. I'm going to go look for a woman who can actually receive what I have to offer. That's incredible. I hadn't even thought about the fact of that the small, what can seem like small reactions are actually big reactions and the, for the male receiving. It's so, it's like you wouldn't believe how big of a deal this is to men. And, you know, women get so caught up in being like, 
no wrinkles, like the most beautiful bell at the ball, the thinnest, whatever. We come up with all these ideas yeah. of how to attract men. You know, I'm 14 years older than Justin, right? I'm dealing with a lot of wrinkles here. He could, you know, he was dating like really like supermodel type women when we met. And you know what? They were stiff as a board. And I had been doing all of this amazing goddess practice. So when he touched my arm, I was just like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, screw all these other babes. Like the juice is over here. He yeah, actually the goddess calls- portal and the juice. <laughs> yeah, he calls me the juice. That's my Ooh, nickname. I like it. <laughs> and I'm telling you, when women figure this one out, your life will change. Men are looking for responsiveness. They want And it's so funny because women think they're too much and then they shut all of their like emotionalism down. And in fact, that's what he loves. I know. That's what was crazy in the book. I was like, what? (laughs) That's what he loves. And have you tried it with your man? Uh, Not yet. It's pretty new, but I... We'll get there. No, actually, no, I have. I have. I have actually voiced things and I've needed to. So that's a a good step. (laughs) They love it because... Really, what when you're willing to be emotionally present, you know, and and available, you're letting him into the deepest part of you. Mm. You are. And it's all different levels of intimacy as well. Like so many people in relationships have lots intimacy, but it's not always the obvious things as well. It's the little things. Exactly. Like that. Especially for men, it's the little things. Yeah. How do we help our man step into alpha? Because some males are more alpha than others some some aren't naturally alpha they might think they are but they really aren't so how do we help our man step into this the first way we do is to recognize that there can only be one lead in the tango right so if you're leading he's either competing with you or falling into omega okay so if your man's not really being the alpha you want him to be the first place to look is am i always occupying that sexual pole Mm mm-hmm Am I doing alpha better than him? Mm. And then you'll also look at when he does alpha, do I incessantly criticize him for the way he does it? Yes. And I've got brothers and I can vouch for this that my, one of my brothers growing up, you know, would try to clean and do things like the stepmother wanted him to do, but then he didn't do it her way. So he'd always get in trouble. And so then I would hear my brother go, oh, well, what's the point of me doing this? I'm not doing it right. So I might as well not do it at all. And that's what would happen. That was very much the male psychology that I understood. And I learned that young having brothers, if if we over-criticize them, they'll turn around and go, oh, what's the point? She will just do it her way. And that's right. My way is not good enough. Totally. They'll give up. They'll mm. do nothing. They'll do nothing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So number one, notice if you're always in alpha and squeezing him out of it. Number two, notice if he can't win as alpha and you're setting him up to feel like, what's the point of playing this game? I can't win. Yeah. Right. That's kind of how men think about it. And then um, <clears throat> number three, get honest because some women really love their alpha but they have these ideas that it's bad and that their man should be the alpha. And when you start getting honest with yourself, there might be areas where you truly enjoy being alpha and would really like him to take your lead in something. Yeah. This is the nature of the modern couple. This is what Justin and I are in. So like there's certain areas where I don't want to be an omega. I want to like I feel like I do that better than him. I want to have my say. 
And I would love it if he would honor my wisdom there. Okay. And he doesn't have a problem with it. Like he's like, yeah, she does that better. I would love to honor her wisdom there. And that's amazing because I get to be in my full power. In other words, I have strong intuition. Sometimes I know what's going to happen a month before it's even possibly revealed. And Justin knows this too. So in certain areas, I'm alpha because I have like the gift of prophecy. Yeah. And he'll be like, you know, what do you think's going to happen there? And I'll, and I'll go do my practice and I'll be like, I think this is going to happen. And he'll be like, yeah, that's right on. And he'll take my lead. And I'll say love that he embraces that side of you as well and just accepts that because that can be something sometimes scary to reveal to someone is if you yeah. like I have that similar sort of ability of showing that because you can sometimes look a little bit crazy <laughs> to some that don't get it. But then those that start to see the magic of it and whatnot, it's incredible because it's not always based on any logic. It's never based in logic. <laughs> and it usually does seem really crazy. I basically spent 10 years earning Justin's trust because I'll say, hmm, I'm getting the feeling, blah, blah, blah. And then one month later, I'll have proven to be exactly right, right? Yeah, he'll be like, and, what do you mean? And he's just like, wow, that that is so accurate. You know, like, I'm going to listen to that next time. I earned his trust, truly. Yeah. Anyway, when I'm... When he's honoring like my lead, so to speak, I don't punish him for being an Omega. I'm mm -hmm. like, thank you. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to share my wisdom here and follow my lead. I appreciate that. But here's the catch is you'll feel your man go into Omega, like follow your lead. Mm -hmm. And then this little part, like this little voice inside of you will be like, oh no, am I going to be alpha forever? Oh, and, yes. and then as women, we start to panic and then we like attack him for going into Omega. This is how, how do we attack an Omega? How does that usually look? Oh my God. We will criticize him for being weak. We will get into our own fears that he's never going to be in charge again. And so we'll start to lose trust in him. You're basically, you do that. You're training your man to never, ever take the lead from you. Like, you will never be able to contribute your wisdom to the relationship. Well, the other thing, actually, um, and I've listened to Lewis Howes talk about this as well, is women out there were saying that we want our men to open up and share themselves, like, emotionally and, and their vulnerability in particular, and a lot of men won't. But what Lewis Howes has said is that when men go to finally open up the vulnerable side, which I suppose is the omega of them, and maybe there's a difficult situation happening that's affecting both partners in the relationship the woman will respond and basically be like how in whatever words basically how dare you be like this I need you to be strong right now and so then he's not allowed to be vulnerable and be emotional and and he's about to try to open up or is starting to she shuts it down and now she's just taught him it's not okay to be vulnerable right and then she turns around and three weeks later goes how come you're so stoic I never feel your heart yeah and he's like, what do you want from me? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm so confused right now. <laughs> yeah. So in our dynamic, like we have in our book, we talk about the three ways of relating. Yeah. So there's only three ways that you can relate to your partner in any given moment. One of them is alpha alpha. You're both an alpha. This is like power couple, right? Mm -hmm. You're both getting shit done. You're sort of like awesome business partners or you're running the household. He's running the business and you guys are 
just doing great in life, but there's mm-hmm. not going to be a lot of sexual attraction there. Okay. But you'll get a lot of stuff done. Or you can be butting heads hardcore because you both ha- are in alpha, right? Mm-hmm. You could be an omega omega. So you're like best friending out. You're on the couch watching Netflix, ordering food <laughs> in, playing footsies. This is a great example of he's sharing his feelings, you're sharing yours. And you feel his heart and it's all gooey. But that doesn't lead to a lot of sex either because, again, you're in the same sexual pole. Like we know from magnets that for strong attraction, there needs to be opposites. Okay. So alpha, alpha and omega, omega are like amazing soulmate stuff but they don't create that like rip your clothes off feeling. Yeah. So when you want that, you go into alpha omega. So one person leads, the other person gives up the lead follows. And even if you've been having sex with the same person for 10 years, you can feel that like, that like desire to merge again, which is so nice not to have to always look for a new partner for that. Right. Yes, exactly. Here's the thing is you let's say, you know, in your example, you talked about like, I, you know, I'd really love to hear your heart. Like, I'd love to see you get vulnerable with me, blah, blah, blah. That's probably going to create an omega omega moment. Mm -hmm. So on one hand, you're getting all of this gooey emotional connection from your man. But then where women will go into the criticism is they'll go, there's no sexual charge here. (gasps) Something's wrong in the relationship. And then they'll say, I need you to be strong. Uh, so they're not letting it um, really flow with the waves between exactly. the three different ways that it could be. But the the truth is it doesn't stay in one of them. It doesn't stay in alpha, alpha, omega, omega, or alpha, omega. It flows between the three on any given day or any given moment, right? Especially if you're a modern couple and really not concerned with strict gender roles. Yeah. You know, like if like Justin loves my badass side, you know, mm-hmm. so we're in alpha alpha sometimes, but we just don't expect to have sex at those times. Okay. Other times life is really busy and we just want to like goo out watching binge watching a Netflix show. We yeah. don't expect to have sex at that time. That's Omega Omega. We just enjoy it for what it is. But when one of us is kind of dying for that polarity to come back in that like super hot you know, sexy thing. Yeah. What we will, we'll kind of give each other the nod and we'll shift into alpha. (laughs) (laughs) And once you realize that all three of those modes are amazing and they, they don't mean anything about the health of your relationship. Like if you don't want to have sex, it'll come right back as soon as you switch the polarity, then you don't have that like desire to attack your man for being soft. Because you're like, oh, you know, we're just doing Omega Omega and we can switch it. Yeah, that's incredible. That's such good advice for everyone out there. And to just always be just in the moment of what it is and know that nothing, the only thing in life that's guaranteed is that things change. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Which is great because the big fear that women have is that it won't change. Yeah, so that's really incredible. What's your advice for couples then maybe having a tough conversation or maybe a woman wants to bring up some vulnerable side or bring something up but they're a little bit scared to do that? How how would you advise someone for that? Can you give me a more specific? Oh, I'm trying to think of a problem or something. Um, maybe they're upset with something or, you know, their partner's do- – I don't know what – their partner's doing something and they're, they're not happy and they want to – express something because maybe it's hurting them or something's happening but they're really scared to have this conversation because maybe Uh, it's a little bit tougher to have and 
and maybe for the alpha female when she's in that mode a lot, it might, that's, she would need to flip into omega, but then she's now being vulnerable. So a yeah. woman that's usually quite alpha, be, learning to be vulnerable is such a huge step until you eventually get used to doing it over and over. So what's your advice for that to, to be vulnerable and how to do that and maybe how to have a tough conversation? Mm, okay, great question. So one thing for women to know is that, you know, men, the language of men is essentially sex. That's, that's what really gets their attention, not because they're pigs, but because primarily they're driven to procreate, right? Spread the seed. So just like women are driven to eat, to create fat for a baby, to procreate. Okay. Men are men are driven more to like ejaculate. Yeah. Right? This is why almost all spiritual practice tries to train men to stop ejaculating. <laughs> you know, because they got to get a handle on that primal drain, right? So when you start to understand that men come to attention the most when there's a lot of sexual energy present. And I don't mean porn star sexual energy. I mean I mean like softened bodies, vulnerable hearts, open and allowing him in. Okay. So so not a performance like, ooh, here's my, you know, chair dance or whatever. Yeah. But meaning you're receiving him into you. Okay. Is what men feel as sexual. In other words. Yeah. So like he's penetrating the world, you're receiving that right? That yep force. Women make this mistake when they have something that's super vulnerable and super important to themselves is that they they try and create a safety net by speaking from logic in their mind and leaving their body out of it and yep. then engaging him mind to mind in an alpha alpha conversation. And remember, is polarity present in alpha alpha? No. <laughs> no. And if men respond most to sex, is he going to be at his highest level of attention if you're engaging him alpha alpha? Yeah, no, we, he needs you an omega. Yeah. <laughs> so ultimately, if you really want him to honestly connect with what you're offering, you've got to be willing to give up the defense structure that is speaking to him from the mind. Okay. Like essentially let your whole body come into the conversation. Let yourself feel the truth of what you're saying. It could be brutal. It could be fierce. It could be full of rage. You know, how could you betray me? You're tearing me apart. I mean, you could, ah! but if you're willing to let him feel what you're feeling, the piercing truth of your heart is what cuts through his unconsciousness. Interesting. But if you aren't willing to feel the impact of him on you, right? Receive him, essentially. If you aren't willing to feel that and you go, listen, Bob, we need to have a talk because you do this thing and it makes me feel this, you know, can you feel me at all right now? Yeah, no, there's no emotion there at all. It's like, <laughs> do you even have emotions? <laughs> yeah. So he's just like, nag, nag, nag. You know, I mean, he's literally like going to barely tune in. But yeah, if, you, okay. if you allow yourself to feel like what Bob did, you know, like, oh, oh, you know, you're, you're mm. killing me, babe. This is destroying me. 
and like give him that as an invitation into you to step up. Wait until you see what happens. So if I had to sum it up, the more words you're using, the less embodied you probably are. Oh, wow. That, that's a good um, self-awareness check. And it's also interesting because I would have thought, and I'm sure a lot of women out there listening as well, is that if you go into that emotional mode like that and maybe very fierce and angry or sad or whatever, that the reaction is going to be a shutdown. That's it what will, I would. It will if you're going into shame and blame and your heart is so hurt that it hardens and you attack. Okay. What I'm talking about is showing him the hurt, not the harden. Okay. And does that make sense? Yeah. So, how can we consciously do that a little bit? Because I can imagine that emotion can take over. So, that's a practice really of learning how to be able to communicate yourself and your emotions without hardening. Yeah, it is a practice. And in fact, I take women through that practice hours out. I mean, we spend hours in this practice. We do it together with other women. Okay. So you could literally get together with another woman and go, Hey, will you help me practice the open hearted expression of anger? And she'll be like, great. And then you guys set up a little thing. Like you put your girlfriend in front of you and you're, you know, you're going for the first five minutes and you literally conjure anger. You you know, you might not be feeling it in the moment, but you find you find it inside of yourself and you learn how to soften your body while you express it. So keep your heart open, keep breathing, keep releasing tension, but let the emotion be there at a 10. And then she just holds space for you. And, And what we do in our workshops is she'll be going, yes, more. Like if she starts to feel you collapsing or like going into your story of like, you know, oh, screw you, buddy. You'll never, ever get me. You know, yeah. like if you start hardening and leaving, she'll be like, mm, no, no more. Because a lot of us have so much childhood trauma. Yes. It's very hard to stay right there vulnerable. We immediately shut down. And she'll call you out on it. That's her, her job is like when you're showing the anger, she's like, I either feel you or I don't feel you. And if, and if you're starting to attack me, shame me, blame me, withdraw from me or shut down. I'm going to call you out. And then you switch and then she goes. And it's so good. What you learn how to do is be in these supercharged emotions in an open hearted, like receptive way. And ultimately what he feels when you get this right is he feels your invitation for him to step up. If you've already gone into shame and blame, you've essentially given up on him. And we're back to your analogy with your brothers. He feels like this is a game I can't win. You're too much. You're crazy. I'm out. Okay. That's brilliant. I love this. It's so much wisdom in this episode. I can't <laughs> wait for everyone to listen to it. Is there anything else that you feel like we um, haven't covered at all in the book or that people need to talk about, you know, listen and hear before I wrap this up at all? Oh man, that's a big question. I know. So much. You know what I would love? You told me that your favorite um, section was pillar three devotion. Yes. Is there anything in devotion that stood out at you? Because devotion is magic, right? And I would love to give women just a nugget on devotion. I've written notes in the book, as you can see, (laughs) (laughs) and emphasize, and I drew a little B on the B page. (laughs) I'm just showing London my copy of her book. I've got notes all over it. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's awesome. I love it. <laughs> so, well, you know, we wrote the book like a journal, and so you're using it. It's so exciting. Yeah. So those lines in here, like things like, um, we begin to honor our intimate partner as the greatest teacher we could ever find. Even though they can be challenging, they provide the most brilliant mirror for us to truly see ourselves. Oh, I love this one. Okay, so I'll talk about this. Yeah. So a lot of us these days, we either have like a personal coach, we have a guru, a teacher, we're doing programs, right? We're in, we're doing workshops all over the place. And we're really dedicated to our own path, right? Of like growing and enlightening and waking up. And a lot of people don't realize that your intimate partner is going to be the most powerful catalyst for you to wake up than anyone else. Why? Because I don't care who you've hired or what workshop you've gone to, you bring what you're ready to work on to that coach, mm. right? You get on the call, you show them what you want them to see, what you're ready to work on, you lay your card out, and then they work with you on that thing. And you might be at your edge, but it's still something you chose. Yes. Well, your intimate partner is going to point out the things you may have wanted to sweep under the rug for a few lifetimes. <laughs> Right. Like I'll give you an example. Justin and I went through terrible miscarriage. Like I was 20 weeks when we lost this baby. It was, it was soul crushing for both of us. And prior to that incident, I was pretty like bubbly and bouncy and flirty. And I was like, just totally rocking in my divine feminine, you know, mm -hmm. and I was working it and I was loving it. And I was totally unaffected by the age conversation. Like, you put me next to a 22 year old, I was probably bouncier because Justin and I were just in love and I was feeling great and I was keeping my energy channels open and it was fun. Yeah. I go through this tragedy. Oh my God. It was like lucky that I ever got back out of bed. You know, I mean, that was yeah. so brutal. It would hurt so bad. And it, it brought up all these things like, you know, as me as a failure, as a woman that I couldn't, carry this baby to term and yeah. all these subconscious like things started to eat at me. Mm -hmm. And I did a really, I did an amazing job of recovering from that grief. Like I went head into the grief. I worked with the grief. I um, let all the feelings move through me. I, I did great work on that miscarriage and very dedicated, you know, to coming through that as a, a live human being. But those insidious little beliefs that I had somehow failed, my, my body had failed as a woman, yep. were, still, were still kind of like eating me in, the, in a very unconscious way. I didn't even know it was happening. Okay. And it took away all of my bounce. Yeah. You know, it took away all of that like youthful glow that has nothing to do with age, but how you think about yourself. Yeah. And the grief kind of made me really heavy. And even though I was present and I was showing up, I was still heavy. And Justin at one point was just like, love, I miss, I miss you. You're not all the way here yet. And when he said that, I was like, you know, like, what do you mean I'm not all the way here yet? I'm lucky I'm even out of bed. You know, like I, I did such a good job. Like, can't you acknowledge that I'm still, I'm still alive, you know, like, oh, you know, I got my body back. Like, what else do you want from me? And he just kept giving me this honest reflection. Like, I don't feel all of you here, my love. And I wanted to kill him because it was like, 
there was just no way I could get bouncy back. And instead, he, again, being like, I would have never brought bouncy to a coach, like, screw bouncy, you know, I now hate <laughs> life, you know what I mean? Like, and instead, because of his brutally honest love for me and stand that I'd be in my fullness, he was like, go get that part of you back. And I had to do the deepest of the deepest work to get that part of me back. Wow. Because that part of me had to like, believe in life again. Yeah. That part, yeah. Like that part of me needed to feel beautiful again, even though I had quote unquote failed, which was a lie, but I hadn't really acknowledged that I was in that. Yeah. I, I ended up seeing that I was in that erasing that limiting belief, coming back into the joy and I got bouncy back. And it was so funny because, you know, did I do it for Justin or did I do it for me? Like, honestly, in hindsight, you know, six months after I got it back, I was like, thank God I didn't let that miscarriage like ruin the rest of my life and like mm. dampen, dampen my light, you know? Mm. And I wanted to kill Justin when he brought that up. But it ended up being the thing that made it all, all the pieces come back. Yeah, that's incredible. And you've had some good news since as well, I believe. Yes. I need to let everyone know. <laughs> I'm sitting here um, very, very, very pregnant and about to give birth to a baby girl in eight weeks. <laughs> so exciting. <laughs> At 47 years old, naturally. So that's incredible. So, mm -hmm. and that just shows no matter what stories have happened and things, and to lean into the pain, even though it's much easier to run away from the pain, it's harder. And then the release work and everything you've done, and you've opened yourself up and. And there you go. There we go. Gonna and then Justin, soon. <laughs> Justin says he slipped one past the goalie in triple <laughs> overtime. I love it. I love it. <laughs> this is great. This has been so much fun having you on the show. And I'm sure I'm going to have to get you back to be able to talk about some other things because there's just so much. And yeah, I just really want everyone out there to get your book because I really feel like it will help everyone. And you've said that there's a revolution on the horizon and it starts in your relationship. Um, two beings in devotion to each other, awakening with each other, love, purpose, luminescence, power, pleasure and happiness. And like you say, and I love this as well, imagine what will change for the whole of humanity when each and everyone is awakened, women awaken, men are awakened and start living as love without shutting down or holding back without compromise and with a daily full body, yes, the call of the heart. I just absolutely love this because I know it takes a lot of courage to live this way. It takes more courage to live in that way than it does the other way. It takes more courage to shine than it does for us to um, dim our light. And for anyone wanting to learn how to have a sexy, deeply fulfilling relationship with an equally passionate partner, whether you've been married for years and you need to like, you know, spice things up, whether you're single and dating at the moment, I definitely recommend this book. So it's called The Awakened Woman's Guide to Everlasting Love. Thank you so much for coming on the show, London. And I wish you all the best with your little girl when she arrives as well. Thank you so much. Such a pleasure. It was such a great conversation. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. You have just listened to Our Deepest Secrets Revealed podcast with Sarah Finlay. Don't forget to subscribe to be alerted to our next episode. Connect with us via Twitter. And if you have any questions, please email myquestion at ourdeepestsecretsrevealed.com. 
help us get the word out there and email a friend or two today about this episode. You can go over to iTunes and share the episode directly to a friend via a tweet, Facebook Messenger share, or post it to your profile. Otherwise, you can copy the link and email it. Thank you so much for sharing. Until next time, keep shining. Enjoyed this episode of our Deepest Secrets Reveal? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's like leaving a tip and really appreciate it. Thank you.